0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth NBA podcast. That's right, folks. Instead of talking about the WTA today, I know that you're pretty surprised seeing this pop up on your feed during the middle of the week. Spread, you guys all know Spread.
1: Spread, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's evening for me today. I got a good evening out of your introduction tonight.
0: That's right. We've got the Panthers Buccaneers game on in the background. Boy the NFL's boring on a Thursday. But Spread and I were talking and we're huge NBA fans and, and wanted to expand the podcast a little bit to start talking about the NBA. You know, frankly so we can have some better conversations ourselves, try to grow as cappers and, you know, try to see if, you know, we can expand your interest and, and, and grow the podcast a little bit. So um, this will be our first NBA podcast. We'll start labeling things as such. So you can see which is NBA and which is WTA. Um, Jorge will definitely be joining us from time to time on the NBA podcast. Um, but the goal here is to do some previews through the season. I think we'll, you know, I'm going to talk to spread. We'll either do uh, one per conference or maybe even one per division if we're, feeling um, saucy but um, tonight we just want to start off with kind of 10 topics you know since we've had the off season, just to kind of get everything settled but again we'll have some preview podcasts before the season and then once the season gets started what do you think spread like once a week
1: yeah hopefully we can do once a week maybe we'll choose out the big games for the week or just go over the general um, NBA soap opera nonsense that's been um, you know cluttering our timelines and you know stuff that we want to talk about you know give us a chance to to participate in hot take season and, you know, have a good time with this.
0: Yeah, the nice part about the NBA is things are always happening. And, you know, again, well, I think once a week is a great goal. And it might even be more than that. And there might be some shorter ones if there's a big trade, if there's, you know, a big injury or something like that to talk implications on. But but I'm excited to talk some NBA with you, Spread. What do you think?
1: Oh, this is going to be great. I think just because, um, you know, we grew up more as fans and, and you know, you're taught more, as NBA fanhood in America, you know, we have, you know, we've been watching this our whole lives, you know, we did the WTA, but when I was a kid, tennis was on twice a year. It was on for, uh, that for July, you know, Wimbledon and is on for the U S open labor day. So 4th of July and labor day is when I watch tennis, but I've been watching NBA my whole life. I uh, love it. I love the drama. I love the athleticism. I love the sport, you know, the strategy. So I'm really ready to do this.
0: Well, maybe we'll get into this. I was thinking of maybe saving this for the second or third episode, but let's let's get into your background in the NBA. You know, w- you, know you grew up, I'm, I'm pretty sure, just outside of Sacramento. Have you been a Kings fan your whole life? Did you have any other favorite teams growing up? And, you know, as you were watching basketball growing up, you know, what is the first age you remember really being into it? And, you know, talk to me a little bit about your connection with the sport. Did you play?
1: Uh, only didn't play on the team. My team was very good. They were nationally ranked. Uh, so I, there, I couldn't have made the team. So I only played... Uh, pickup. Uh, my high school team, we were very good. We had an NBA player on there. Um, and as far as watching... Which watch, NBA it, player? Uh, Michael Stewart. He played on the Kings for a while. Okay, yeah, got yeah. A big, the name sounds he got a familiar. Big, um, he got a big uh, contract with Toronto after a nice little run with the Kings. So but, you warmed um, the bench for a few years, but... Yeah. So I was never... I mean, I always played pickup, but never was able to, to crack the organized team. So, you know, just an organized youth ball stuff, but you know couldn't even make the high school team but as far as my fandom i'm so old that when i you know when i first started watching basketball the kings were not in sacramento they didn't move till 1985 and it was a big deal i mean talk about the way the the difference in time now um in the kings first game in 1985 most of the people in attendance were wearing suits or tuxedos that's how excited they were uh, for Sacramento to get a team, you know, it's just unbelievable. I remember it. Obviously, I didn't family didn't have enough money for me to be one of the attendees, but uh, just talks about how, how different things were. Um, so I remember the uh, what, you know, my first real memories are the Lakers Celtics finals.
0: That sounds terrible. Sitting in a suit and a tie in an old arena like that, sweating like <laughs> well, it crazy was a brand new in the middle of then. California. Oh my God. Did they even have air conditioning? Jesus. I'll see
1: if I can find some pictures and maybe we'll uh, we'll get them up on, on the account because so yeah, cool. you'll see a bunch of people in tuxedos cheering at a basketball game.
0: That's great. That's really funny. So it's, it sounds like you grew up watching Lakers-Celtics during kind of those glory years. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in more or less the Michael Jordan era. I'm from Philadelphia, as I think a lot of people know at this point. And I am not a sports fan of really anything but the Philadelphia Sixers. In fact, I don't really understand sports fandom. I don't understand why I love the Sixers as much as I do. I don't understand why Eagles fans in the city of Philadelphia care so much about them. But... I always care about the Sixers, and I've grown up, and I've written a couple times, and um, you know, after this last playoffs, there are two moments in my life that I will never, ever forget. One is Allen Iverson hitting that three-pointer in the corner and then stepping over Tyron Lue in overtime to be the only team in the playoffs to beat the, arguably one of the greatest teams of all time, that 2001 Lakers team. And then, of course, last season, Joel Embiid <laughs> blows the double the double cover actually ends up setting a screen on Ben Simmons and somehow is still able to recover on Kawhi Leonard in the corner. Ball goes up, Kawhi looks, realizes it's Embiid, and the only way that goes in is because he just floats it, just a little, just a little higher. And one, two, three, four, dunk. Anyway, life is hard. Well, but... I'll
1: tell you what's fun for me is you know uh, working with you. I'm usually more the uh, emotional analytic guy, and you know you're really. Um, devoted to your numbers and so the one chance at the irrationality and the craziness of sports fandom is i i get when i'm dealing with you is with the 76ers because usually you know you're just you know the numbers say this this is what we're going for you know that's it but with the philly uh, then i get to see the real passion and the fandom come out and you uh sometimes betray your logic for your team so so i love it (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that makes you happy, and I'm sure we'll find that in a few more places, to be honest. Definitely. I, since I grew up watching the NBA, and I, I, so I played basketball up through high school. Um, I went to a very small private school here just outside of Philadelphia, um, and we made, I think, the Elite Eight. It was my senior year, um, and that was pretty yeah. fun. I, I more or less started or, or was the first guy off the bench for a lot of years in that. my The highlight of my basketball what career, I'm going to ask you? Um, I used to play power forward and center on defense and yeah. maybe like point guard sometimes on offense. Um, oh, wow. but mostly pow- forward, I was huh? mostly a power forward. I couldn't, you know, we didn't really shoot a lot of threes. The coach hated that, but I had this nice long baseline jump shot still to this day. If you put me at a baseline on any court in the world, I can hit like a 14, 15 footer with just an enormous amount of regularity. So that's perfect for beating zones that you're playing against little tiny Catholic schools. Um, but I was thinking my greatest basketball moment. I'll, I'll let you think about that because you're up next. One year, it was my sophomore year. I ended up making the JV team, but it was pretty clear I wasn't going to play. So decided to take the year off to play at my local parish and then uh, my local YMCA. So I was playing on two teams throughout the season. Um, and, you know, when you're go to have Catholic parishes around where you grew up. They have this thing called CYO, and it's a pretty big deal um, for people that aren't playing in certain other high schools. We won the championship in that, but in my YMCA team, I played with these kids. That It was a mess. Um, I played with an Indian kid that sort of struggled to speak English and mostly had played cricket and soccer his whole life. I played with another soccer player. I played with a kid that was, I think like more or less in and out of Juvie. Um, he smoked cigarettes before every game, which is really good. And then our fifth starter was this guy named Matt and Matt was about six foot seven and weighed about a hundred pounds and was really intimidating <laughs> right until the first kid on the other team drove at him. And we won, I think, two games out of the twelve that we played that year. And one of the two wins was uh, me hitting a fadeaway three to win the game. So that was about the highlight of my basketball playing career. Do you remember the highlight of your basketball playing career?
1: Uh, yeah, I didn't have much uh, much of a highlights. Like I said, only played pickups. So I guess if we we're gonna you put me on the spot, and we'll do a good stories. We were playing, and uh, I actually wasn't working at this restaurant, but all my friends were working at a restaurant and the little partner restaurant that was had the same owner. Um, they had a little squad, too, so we were going out there. And it was our first time playing, and I was a little nervous. And, uh, you know, we were playing to a set amount. It was, it was playground ball, you know, 11 or whatever. And I had missed my first two or three shots. So it was, tw- you know, the game-winning point, you know. Right. And so I'm, like, thinking, I'm like, I know they're going to give me the shot, you know. I just got to hit it because, you know, if you're a defender, it makes sense. Like, this guy hasn't hit a jumper yet. Right. So, you're you are know, getting the opportunity. Just knowing, just knowing that just it. That's a weird pressure. And then. Yeah, but it was it actually calmed me down because I knew I could sneak in a little closer because I knew I was going to be able to get it anyways. But yeah, just being able to you know go zero for two or zero for three, but then hit the game winner uh, felt pretty good. So, uh, but like I said, not much uh, not much athleticism here. I never had much jumps. I'm not the quickest guy, but I did love playing the sport and I love doing all the uh, the small things that help you win. You know, setting screens, boxing out you know, uh, motion offense. So I do, I do understand the sport really well and I enjoy playing it, but I never really had like the athleticism to excel.
0: That's right, folks. you got two mediocre uh, to possibly bad former <laughs> basketball players who have watched their whole lives and have, are pretty much nerding out at this point. So that's well, enough. Well, hey, this you style, know, but... it's
1: always the bench players that make the best coaches, right? Yeah, it's I hard so. to understand how, how to win the game if you're just faster and you can jump higher, right? It's pretty well, easy to win the game. But, you know, we really had to figure out how to how to win and how to score. So <laughs> it, it's, it, it sometimes does help you in your basketball analysis. I love that.
0: That's really great optimism. I know I can always count on you, <laughs> you to make me feel better. But let's dive. Yeah. Into um, you did a really great job. I'm really lucky that you took the time to prep this. I love this. You put together ten tough topics, um, you know, that have come up during the off season. I think we'll go in the order that you've given them to. I think this is going to be kind of a fun way for us to jump into some interesting conversations. To you know, take a light look at some odds here as we go team by team and start to really frame you know what this podcast might look like. So let's start with your first question: Is the Warriors dynasty over? Now Kevin Durant is no longer a Golden State Warrior. Klay Thompson is obviously out this year, possibly with an injury. Maybe we'll see him later in the season. But this will be the first time, really, at Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and um, D'Angelo Russell, for some reason, as a Golden State Warriors team. So, you know, Spread, I'm going to start with you. What do you picture when you think of this Warriors team? What do you see? What are your expectations for next year? I mean, is the dynasty over? Do they have a chance to win the title? What are you thinking?
1: Is the Warriors dynasty over? Spread says no. I think that they're good to go. Look, they still have the core three that allowed them to win their title. Um, Without KD, they won't be super, super capped out. They'll be closer, but they're going to start to be able to get some of that championship depth back. And when D'Angelo Russell was originally acquired, we assumed that it was to be a a trade piece. But, you know, from hearing, you know, talking about people from the front office and reports coming out of a... You know the Warriors' headquarters is they really like him and they want to try and keep developing him. So that's an interesting new Big Four. Uh, I don't think Clay is going to come back and not be the same player that he was, and I think he'll come back sooner than expected. We've seen him all about. He's he's you know he's at baseball games. He's uh, waterboarding. He's doing all types of fun activities. So. I think that Clay Thompson should be ready by uh, 2020. I think we'll see him earlier than maybe we expected. And this is going to be a tough team because guess what? This team doesn't have any more. No more expectations. If they lose in the second round, is anyone going to say anything? No, they've still got rings. You know, they don't have any pressure. So this for the first time, they are not the hunted anymore. You know, the teams in L.A. are going to be the hunted. And they don't have those expectations. And I think that makes them even more dangerous. What do you
0: think? I love that point about them finally getting a chance to relax a little bit and and not be the favorites. I think that is going to make their lives a lot easier. Um, I don't know if I share your optimism about Clay Thompson. I I would love to share that optimism. I think we will see him towards the end of the season, but I'm not expecting him to be 100% know, by the time we get to the playoffs, by the time we get to crunch time. My biggest concern about this team is their ability to adapt. To the the losses on def- defensively here, um, you know the Warriors. Everyone thinks about the way that they really uh, modernized the game. That you know they were one of the first teams to really shoot a lot of threes, spread it out on offense, not really run any ISO, very actual little little bit little pick and roll in their game, but. When you start to look at this team and you're trading out D'Angelo Russell basically for Klay Thompson this season, that is a huge defensive downgrade. You lose Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is one of, in my opinion, probably the 10 most valuable defensive players in his ability to guard a lot of positions, but also protect the rim with his length. Yep. Um, they did pick up Willie Cauley Stein. I think that's a really interesting addition. I think that he's he's a guy who has unlimited athletic potential, and if they can find a way to kind of teach him how to play Warriors basketball, and I think Draymond Green is a guy who might be able to kind of take him under his wing and really grow him into a player. Now, can we count I on Draymond Cauley Green Stein, to do that? I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the the few spots that actually made sense for him. But go on. I just wanted to jump in and say, I mean, I think there's about Well, you've watched teams. Willie
0: Cauley-Stein, right? You, you, yeah. You, you know, as a Kings fan. So what do you think of him? Yeah. Do you think that he's the kind of player who, you know, might be able to get morphed into, you know, a taller, bigger Draymond Green that's maybe 75% as smart as him?
1: So here's the issue with Collie stein I think he's going to fit in on the offense fantastic he's uh he's a good screen and roll guy he moves off the ball really well and he has a nice uh knack for allowing the uh, dribbler and the pick and roll to get space while he's rolling so he knows when to veer off and let the the guy drive he knows when to to cram the lane and go ahead and get the the slam dunk or the layup now the problem with collie stein is for his size he's actually a good switch defender on the perimeter but he's not that good on the interior and that's kind of what the warriors need so he's going to need to work with draymond and develop that if he's can develop to even just be an average rim protector um, you know, he's really going to help that team if he kind of performs like he did in Sacramento last year. When I, I'm tur- uh, just referring to defensive rim protection, you know, they're going to struggle keeping him on the floor. They they might need to put someone out there, uh, you know, that's left less potent on the offensive end. But they, you know, they just need to get that rim protect- protected, and they're not going to count on Draymond to do that. Uh, all regular season. So that's what you're looking for in Colley Stein. You, you know, we got to see how well he defends the rim and if the Warriors can kind of develop that from him because the Kings weren't able to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm optimistic about that too because you know S- Steve Kerr is the kind of guy that's going to give him opportunities during the season to get the kind of reps that he needs to learn that. I like the Alec Burke signing. I like that they kept Kevon Looney, you know, but I do struggle with this team being as good as some of the other teams that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, I don't see them as serious championship contenders this year, but, you know, I think this is kind of their one year off to relax, maybe get healthy. And then next year you've got Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Yeah, Steph, and, Draymond, Clay. Uh, Steph, and those three guys are as good as anybody, and we'll see what the team looks like with a year like that. They still have Russell under contract, hypothetically, maybe trade him for a pick to get some other players. But, you know, this front office continues to be very smart. So I, I think that the de- dynasty is not over, but maybe let's say it's on pause. What do you think about that?
1: So you, uh, I think that I think that they're going to be a real legitimate threat. They're going to have no pressure, and I think that if it's the semifinals... And uh, you know you're the Clippers or the Lakers. That's the team that you're not going to want to play. You're going to want to be in the opposite side of the Warriors bracket. But um, so, what do you think as far as value? Any value here at Golden State Warriors plus nine fifty to win the Western Conference or plus thirteen fifty to win the title?
0: I'm seeing Osamu so Bovada. You're obviously somewhere different. I'm seeing I'm ten on to one on the Warriors to win the championship. And then the West oh, price wow. you had was nine fifty. I'm looking to see where the yeah. West price is here. Um, the Golden State Warriors to win the West. It's only seven to one here, so you know obviously one of the, okay. the best rules we can teach you here is um, shop around. check, 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 shop, shop, shop. I hate all those prices. Um, you know, we'll get into the Los Angeles teams a little bit more, but I think come playoff time, you know, again unless Clay is one hundred percent healthy, unless Willie colley Stein has taken a big step forward defensively, I think that the Warriors are going to struggle to handle some of those teams, um, some of the better Western Conference teams. And honestly, I, I don't know how they do in the finals against some of the eastern conference teams so you know again i don't think the dynasty's over but i think this year is a pause now do you have any interest in their regular season wins number i'm looking at 48 and a half over minus 120 under minus 110
1: i would go over but i'm bullish and even looking at these western conference numbers they're ahead of the Rockets, who are plus four seventy on five dimes. Utah Jazz is plus nine twenty five. I think the weather Warriors have the third best chance to win the Western Conference, and it's just the idea that if they are able to, you know, get that whole four guys together going into the playoffs, you know, and Clay's back to himself. I mean, that's just a team you don't want to play. So that's a really hot take. You like? You think the you really love the? Warriors. Why do you think I, I put that one number lot. one? We had to get this podcast off to a good start.
0: I like it. And you see the dog yeah, yeah. that's sitting behind me I now absolutely loves yeah. this take. He is really <laughs> angry about that. And hopefully we can get him to calm down in just a minute. But I share some of your thoughts there. I think that the Warriors' regular season, it's actually maybe over is a good look. However, you know, once you get to the playoffs, it's going to be a little different. I think a lot of that is going to be around my thoughts around L.A. and their, and their load management and, and what they're able to accomplish. But... Regular season, my angle for Golden State, I think I'm going to be hammering Golden State overs. I think that this is a team that's going to score a lot of points and is going to give up a lot of points and is going to play at a high pace. So uh, my only thought really right now, my only big angle I'm excited for from a Warriors perspective is overs in in the games once the regular season starts. What do you think about that?
1: I love it. You know, uh, just even from a fan's perspective or a general gambling, not necessarily a sharp gambling perspective, there's nothing more fun than a Warriors over. You can look so out of it, and they can they can knock off 15 points in 70 seconds, you know. And so, yeah, I, I I like the Warriors over. I think they're fun. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing that is worse than and they put up these huge lines to try and get you to take them. A Golden State Warriors under, even if it's a sharp play, even if it's a right play, can be one of the least enjoyable bets you'll ever make.
0: Ugh, oh, it's so tough. All right, spread are the. Los Angeles Clippers not the Lakers folks the Clippers the favorites to win the title and this one's pretty easy looking at Bovada the Lakers are actually three to one Clippers are 3.25 to one so the Lakers are the favorite no is the answer
1: okay <laughs> I I'm sorry did that you have something to have...
0: add oh My... <laughs> oh I'm sorry was that too literate go ahead the,
1: the question should have read should the Warriors be the I mean the Clippers be the favorite to win the title would, gosh, would you think gosh right. I think should so. they be the favorite I, think I, they I
0: love this roster, you know. So the starting five: Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamet, who I'm gonna curse under my breath every single time I say Landry motherfucking um, because Landry Shamet should be a Philadelphia 76er. This will be a theme, and I will do my best to avoid it. I will do poorly at this. Kawhi Leonard, of course. <laughs> Paul George, uh, Zubac, who's just fine at center. But then you go to the the second line up here: Montrezl Harold, Jamichael Green. I love who Jemichael will be Grant. closing. I love now. To Michael take Brain. take
1: back out and put Hora and Harrell Harold in there. Now and then defensively, look look at that lineup.
0: Yep. and then so even think about Fantastic. this, you, you can go small. They got Harkless, so you can go Harkless, George, oh, Leonard, wow. Shamit, Beverly. And then Lou Williams, of wow. course, who I think they're going to be smart and save all year. Um, you know, So this is a team that, from a regular season perspective, I'm actually probably going to be against the Clippers a lot. I haven't looked too hard at their their team total. It looks about right. Let me just double check what that number is right now. From a team total perspective for the Clippers, I am seeing, I'm sorry, that's the yes to make the playoffs. That's not the number I wanted. But the Los Angeles Clippers win total right now, I'm looking at Bovada again, is 54 that feels about right but i think there's going to be a lot of you know load management i think that doc rivers is a pretty smart coach and i think he realizes he has a team here that's good enough to win a title and I think he's going to let Ka- Kawhi Leonard take nights off. I think he's going to rest Kawhi a lot. I think he's going to rest Paul George a lot. Paul George, you know, this is something that's been talked about, I think, a little more the past few months, has a really bad injury history. And he's someone that you're going to need to let rest. So that means Shamit's going to get a lot of reps. And, and he's going to get to continue to grow and continue to be a better basketball player, much to my demise. Um, you start to look at some of the other names on this team. There's a lot of younger guys and names that we don't know. I'm curious to see what the buyout market does for the Clippers. Um... But I love the Clippers. I think that you know when you start to think of teams that win the championship, I think this year is actually really interesting because you have a few teams, in my mind, that are pretty close. You think about the Lakers. Um, I actually don't rate them terribly high, but you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, so you've got to take them seriously. Then you have the Clippers. Then you have the Rockets. Then you have the Sixers and probably the Milwaukee Bucks. I think those are my five teams I'm thinking about when I think about title contenders. And the Clippers are just as good, if not better, than any of them. What do you see for the Clippers this year?
1: Yeah, I think they should be the favorite to win the title. I think that I, I even lean over here. I know that you think they're going to load manage, but I think that this roster is deep enough uh, to absorb it, you know, kind of in the fashion that Toronto did last year with Leonard when he was sitting on the bench and they, their record was just fine. Um, they're not going to be hurting for scoring, you know, on the days that he's out. And so my big question for the Clippers is, and remember when I when we were talking about, well, actually, you know, Before you get to the, that.
0: Before you get to that, yeah. so what
1: do you, what do you like about this roster? Because
0: there's a lot of names on here that, frankly, I don't recognize. You know, you've got Beverly, Shamit, Leonard, George Zubac. I like all of them. You know, Lou Williams is a little older. I think he'll get some load management. Then you've got Harkless, Green, and Arrow. But the rest of the guys, I mean, Amir Coffey, Jer- Jerome Robinson, Roddy Magruder. I think he was on the Cavs at some point. I, that name sounds familiar. Um, you know, so you talked about the depth of the team. Are there any of those kind of names, maybe in the second or third lineups that I, m- I mentioned quickly that you like? I'm just curious to hear maybe your thoughts a little more on the depth.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they keep the same lineup, they had Beverly and Harrell, which were two of their best players coming off the bench last year. They're going to be able to keep that, and this year it'll actually make more sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, 9 through 12, they're not that good, but, uh, you know, Jamichael Green, uh, solid player. For what he's going to do, he'll fill his role. Mo Harkless, he'll fill his role. He's going to give you solid defense. Hopefully, hit the threes. You know, he's hit or miss, but you know, really not an ad. Magruder, I mean, as the ninth or tenth man. So I guess maybe I'm
0: getting to is now that I think about it a little better. I think they have to do a good job of making sure that both Kawhi and Paul George aren't taking nights off. I think that nights where both George and
1: Kawhi are off, this is going to be a really rough team. Well, I mean, kind of, but they didn't. They didn't have choir Paul last year, and they they did pretty well. Yeah, but I they mean, had, if they you had think about it, guys. they gave I'm... the Warriors the best series until you know they were completely gone. You know, they played the Warriors tougher than the Rockets did.
0: Right, but they had Tobias Harris, they had Gallinari. There's a couple of they had Shea Gillis out. Well, Alexander's they didn't have Gal- last year.
1: Uh,
0: that you know, that's, yeah, you think I'm about, talking that about that in team their playoff of... matchup. Okay, I'm thinking all of right, their playoff matchup gotcha, gotcha, the gotcha.
1: they, I always thought they were impressive. I mean, yeah. they, t- they took the Warriors to six. Like I said, they pushed them the hardest, obviously, you know, Raptors aside because they lost that. But, you know, they pushed them much harder than the Blazers did. They definitely pushed them harder than the Rockets did. And then they added Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it's just their ability to defend on the perimeter is just going to be fantastic. And Lou Williams can fill it up. And having him as your third option in crunch time is just going to be, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the type of matchups he's going to get. I
0: love them in the playoffs. You know, when I look at some of their futures markets here, you know, again, I mentioned their price. They're three and a quarter to to one to win the NBA championship at Bovada. That's a perfectly fine number, but there's no reason to bet that. When they're Western Conference, they're 2.1. So I actually think this is pretty interesting. I'm looking at Bovada right now spread. The Lakers are the favorite to win the championship at 3 to 1, but the Clippers are the favorite to win the West at 2.1 to 1. Now, I know you have five dimes open in front of you. Can you pull those numbers up quickly? I'm curious to see if maybe that same sort of incorrectness maybe even exists. Uh,
1: It seems – hold on. I think it seems to be more consistent here. Um, The Clippers are plus 255 to win the West. Lakers plus 260. The championship Clippers plus 450 Lakers plus 485 so yeah much more better better numbers
0: and a little more congruent but you know I like the Clippers to to win and I you know again I, I think I kind of circled this but I don't think they're going to be great in this regular season I think you might actually get a shot at a better number like if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard does get injured during the middle of the season or something like takes a month off I think you might be able to get maybe even a five or something like that but at the numbers you're talking you know four or so that's those aren't bad but I don't know I'm
1: not taking a swing at that how about you? No, I'm not going to take a swing at it. Let me make one more point, and then we'll uh, move to the next question. I think a good strategy for the Clippers, when we were talking about doing the pods, and I said I wanted to you know, wait and get the reports out of training camp, the reports that I'm going to be looking from, looking at from the, the, the Clippers camp is going to be the Paul George reports. Is he participating 100%? How is his shoulder moving? And not, not that he won't necessarily be there by playoff time, and this will affect their championship, but when you're looking at that uh, team total – that's what I would be using to affect my choice on the on the Clippers team total is, is based on, on how much activity and workload they're giving him during training camp, how much do we really expect him to play? If they're already kind of babying him and he's not looking good and he's not 100%, you know, that would definitely be a sign that I, I should be considering the under. But, you know, if he's going through a full workload and he looks to be 100%, I might, uh, that would definitely make me consider the over a little more.
0: All right, I'm going to reword your third question here just a little bit. Yes, yeah, the second one needs to be reworded as well. What are your expectations this year for the Los Angeles Lakers? We've got LeBron James, who essentially took most of last year off, in my opinion. Anthony Davis, who um, either took games off or was injured or I don't know necessarily how I feel about that. But we've got LeBron James. We've got Anthony Davis You know, at their absolute peak That's probably two of the five best players in the NBA. Absolutely 100% two of the eight to 10 best players in the NBA. You start to look at the roster. You start to look at the West spread. What do you think? Are the Lakers going to win the championship this year? What do you think? What are your expectations?
1: Are you near, are you near your AC noobs? You might need to turn it on after this one. Uh, I think the Lakers (laughs) will lose in the Western conference semifinal to the Golden State Warriors. (laughs) There's my hot take for you. Oh, I'm gonna
0: soak up as much Lakers hate as I can. My favorite bet <laughs> oh, last year. Oh, I forgot year. you do hate. You. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I'm yeah, it. We're not it. gonna get much. I, I, we're not gonna get much uh, spread. Did you know they signed Dwight Howard? Right did you know that Dwight Howard is a Laker again? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how happy that makes me? I might get myself a Dwight Howard Lakers jersey. I think I have to at this point. I think, you know, if, if some of my futures and stuff shake out, I think at some point I'm going to order myself a Dwight Howard's Laker jersey. And I'll get it in purple, too, because it'll be like Thanos but sad. Um, I mean, so I love, I love LeBron James. LeBron James is – I grew up watching Michael Jordan as a very, very young kid. I probably started watching him when I was 6, 7, or 8 and finished watching him somewhere in my teens. But um, – I'm not sure who's better. I'm not sure if I'd rather have Michael Jordan at his peak of his powers or LeBron James at his peak of his powers. Completely different but,
1: pod because I will, I will uh, argue uh, uh, 10 uh, times all day. Either
0: summer. way, had LeBron James, assuming he's healthy again, he's had a year off. This is the first time in a long time he's got to take a break great from point. basketball and re-energize great does point. he come back energized is, does he is he really motivated to make kyle kuzma really great is he motivated to make anthony davis great is he motivated to entertain dwight howard and use the power of charisma that lebron james has what, what i think is one of his most underrated skills can, can i mean if dwight howard comes out is willing to just do pick and rolls all season play defense and shut up that'll be that might be lebron james greatest accomplishment in his career you look at the rest of this roster: Rajon Rondo, Will it Danny be LeBron's Green. or
1: will it be Thanos's accomplishment if he does? That?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the roster. I say, a for bit. those
1: who don't know, do you want to catch him up on our joke there? His quote: "Honestly, if you
0: don't know what it is, just check out Dwight Howard's Twitter, and the rest will sort of put itself together." Um, I like. will the...
1: explain real quick. He, he said right. that he was. He, he saw Thanos. And it real, made him Thanos. realize when he... Thanos, Thanos, you, Thanos you great old man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the movies. Uh, but he said that he saw how much that he sacrificed and it inspired him to sacrifice and do the right thing. So that's why we're kind of joking about that, that you could be a professional basketball player, drafted number one overall, have all that talent, but it takes the Avengers affinity war to make you realize that you have to sacrifice to be part of a team.
0: So, you know what? I'm going to amend what I said earlier. If if Dwight Howard in is really terrible and the Lakers are terrible this year, I'm going to get a Dwight Howard Lakers jersey. If they're awesome and they win the championship, I'm getting a Thanos Lakers jersey. <laughs> okay. All right. But, again, being serious here, I, I like this team, but I just – there's so many questions. I have so many questions about this team. We just talked about the Clippers. I don't have any questions about the Clippers other than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being healthy, and I think they will. Um when I look at the Lakers, Dwight Howard is a question. Anthony Davis, for the first time in his life, is going to be on a good basketball team with no excuses. And, you know, uh, he's been injured a lot. He's complained a lot. He hasn't been motivated. I'm curious to see what he does for the first time playing with LeBron James, who has been someone that if you don't have it, if you don't have the desire to be great, you don't have the will to, to, to be everything you can be, you're going to crumble. And I'm curious to see how Anthony Davis does in that. I love Danny Green on this team. That was an amazing signing. Um, Rondo is just fun. I love Rondo and playoff Rondo. Kuzma, I think, is going to actually step himself up a bit. I'm curious to see what he does. And then just the rest of it's Avery Bradley. Who knows what that's going to happen? Quinn Cook, JaVale McGee. But, you know, if those are your 9, 10, 11 guys, you've got some upside. So I like the roster, but. It's just too many questions for me to really get behind any Lakers action at this point. Um,
1: Real quick, on the Danny Green signing, if they do end up winning it all this year, I mean, is Danny Green, is that like the Shane Battier signing here? Yeah. That's the one that worried me. If I'm, you know, anti-Laker just like you, because, you know, we had our little feud with them. I won't call it a rivalry because they beat us every time, but we had our little feud, you know, back in 2002. And so, you know, everyone's pretty anti-Lakers up here in Sacramento, um, you know, and so... You know, obviously, I'm on the same side as you, going against them. But that Danny Green sign is the one that worried me. That made me think, okay, that's that's a solid piece that's going to help them win. All right, any other thoughts here before we wrap on the Lakers? Yeah, real quick. Too, since we have been, you know, just trashing them, and we, we will, I mean, <laughs> show why you know they could, you know, win the title, and they they are the second favorite overall. Um, one thing I wanted to point out is Anthony Davis's catch radius is around the rim. Is is probably you know tops in the league. So now you have LeBron, you know, feeding him, and his catch radius is that big. Oh, LeBron, I mean they're, eighteen they're pick and rolls are going to be insane.
0: That's, yeah, that might be one of the best plays in the history and, of the league.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be tough for people to stop. I think that'll really come down to how how are our you know championship teams going to defend that. So that's I think going to be a big question in the playoffs if everyone stays healthy, which is a big concern.
0: Absolutely. Yes, it is. Now, Sprit, I have a question that you weren't ready for. Do you Uh-oh. know the five teams that are in the Pacific Division?
1: Uh, Portland, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers. Portland, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers. Oh, Kings.
0: You were close. You got four out of five. Clippers. Oh, and the Warriors. Lakers, Suns, Kings, and the Warriors. Guess, yeah. who the, guess what the, the Golden State Warriors' odds to win the Pacific Division are.
1: What? I didn't fully. Five out, and a half to one.
0: They're five and a half to one to, to have more wins during the regular season as the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, and the
1: Suns. I think I That's like a... that a lot.
0: No. No? I guess you're not believing in the load management thing. I just... Oh, well, I mean,
1: Clay's going to be load managed till, till January.
0: Right, but they got Russell. They're going to be able to put up a ton of points. The, the, the Warriors actually look like a fun regular season team to me that falls apart in the second round of the playoffs. But I think the Lakers have a lot of questions and a lot to figure out about themselves. I think the Clippers are going to have their two best players miss 20, 20, 20 to 25 yeah, games Yeah, it's this the year. load
1: management that has a scene different on there. I just, I just Even with the load management, I think it's going to be really tough for the uh, Warriors to keep up with the Clippers. Because they're going to be spotting them so many games. Well, I'm going to keep looking
0: at some numbers. Just a thought. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more on the next episode. But your next question. What do you expect from the Rockets next year? How are they going to be with Russell Westbrook? Um, you know, I, I'm going to jump in first here. I think I like the Rockets. Right. I thought that was a great acquisition. I think Russell Westbrook is going to be just fine. I think that he continues to add some more athleticism. I mean, essentially, it's we took the, the Rockets from last year, and instead of Chris Paul, who was effectively useless— who, you know, I love Chris Paul, he's one of my favorite players ever to play the game of basketball, but there's not much hoops left in that body. Um, That's funny where in the office. I don't like him
1: at all, but I, I didn't think he was that ineffective.
0: I thought that he was very limiting. I think the reason, you know, they lost the title is because his body was incapable of playing those minutes and he and he pulled or tore his hamstring, whatever he did. And I think you just you swap him out for Westbrook, and then it's this relatively. I mean, it's the same team. It's not relatively the same team. You still have Harden, you still have Eric Gordon, you still have PJ Tucker, you still have Clint Capella. You add Tyson Chandler, which I think is a sneaky big add. You um, you're able to pick up Gerald Green, who continues to be good for whatever reason in this system. Austin Rivers was a really fantastic player in the regular season for them. I mean. I always thought that he showed a lot of capability, and I thought that in a role where you know he got to be a little more in charge, which is perfect for them during the regular season, trying to give Chris Paul breaks and you know giving some of this stuff. But I thought he was a really plus player. Um, you know, the rest of the roster is kind of a mess, but I think that's enough guys. And you know I, I mentioned earlier they're in they're in my five teams that I think can win the NBA championship. I think every year it's really important to establish a list. Here's the teams that you think you can win, and you got to keep trying to think about it from that perspective because the NBA is a small list of teams that can win this is not the NFL this is you know it's college football frankly there's you know two three and this year's I mean five that's a huge number for me that's that's one of the bigger numbers I've ever had but you know let's let's give you a chance here what do you think of the Rockets it sounds like you're not too excited about the Westbrook
1: acquisition or or did I read that wrong oh no I am in fact I think it was the most surprising acquisition of of what the wildest free agency in, in NBA history. Um, you know, when that there's just, I'm, I'm still speechless now when it came down, because we all thought that Chris Paul's contract was untradeable. And now that they get, they get Russell Westbrook. I mean, yes, it's a gamble, but you're in a spot where you need to gamble. This team's window is closing and to add him. I, so you're, you're going to compare him to Chris Paul now. And I think the thing that Chris Paul added was just defense and, Knowing where people need to be on the court and helping people out defensively, um, you know, calling out switches, things like that. And I think they will miss that a tad. But Westbrook's athleticism is such that he can be at this point of their careers as good or a better defender than Westbrook when he wants to be. And I mean, than, than Chris Paul when he wants to be. And I think he's going to want to be. And I think that this is a sneaky tough team, especially for the regular season because this team is built for the regular season, I think. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do in the playoffs in the crunch time, who's going to get the ball, how that's going to work out, um, because I know that Chris Paul seemed to be kind of disenchanted with the way that Harden um, was ball dominant. Now, does Harden have more respect for Westbrook? Will he give him more of a shot? I think so. That's what makes this team dangerous. So I would agree with you that, yes, they should be on the list of teams that will win the title. Um, Not that things luckily need to break right, but just as far as coalescing as a team, you know, things need to go right for that to be a possibility. But yes, I mean, if everything goes right, uh, the Houston Rockets could be your NBA champions next year.
0: I love what you said about Chris Paul and his leadership, and I do worry about that. And one of my bigger questions, and I was waiting to get to this, what I'm curious to see is how is Russell Westbrook going to adapt to playing on someone else's basketball team? The Oklahoma City Thunder have more or less been his team as as far as he is considered for I think his entire career. His whole career, yeah, and Now exactly. He has to go play on James Harden's team. I actually th- I'm optimistic about that. I think he's going to adapt well to that. I think that he is a pretty smart sharp guy and he understands, you know, what's happened to him and and kind of the, maybe the reason also, you know, why he was traded. I think that he took that very well. And I think he understands what, what kind of that means about him and his career, but I'd like to get your thoughts. How do you expect Russell Westbrook to adapt to, you know, playing on James, Harden, James Harden's team?
1: I think he'll be fine. I think a lot of the Westbrook personality stuff is overrated because, you know, guys like Colin Coward and the, and the Fox crew and the ESPN crew, they need to come up with topics every day. They have three-hour shows, five days a week. That's 15 hours of content. Sometimes during the NBA season, that just isn't there, so they kind of revert to their old um, standby of, you know, Westbrook's not a team player, triple-doubles don't matter, uh, stat padding, you know, that's like one of their favorite fall to Like, we need to, to fill content type of thing. So I think that the narrative is overblown. And um, uh, one way to look at it is look at how his teammates treat him. You don't see a lot of people. Um, Kevin Durant was upset about, you know, getting the ball. But as far as, you know, the person and the way he treated his teammates and, and things yeah. of that nature, I you didn't really hear a lot of bad things about Westbrook. And I think that now, especially with Harden to kind of, you know, who else did, does everyone like to bash on in the media? You know, who else is a favorite NBA whipping boy? That's James Harden. So with them to kind of share the uh, – uh, you know, share the attack or the rage or whatever the morning shows do. Um, I think it's going to be good for Westbrook. And I definitely think that he's smart enough and I think that he's got the self awareness to do it.
0: All right, Spread. This will be one of my favorite arguments to try. Yeah, I put this season. right in the middle. I, I like it. it that was a good us. job because I could not feel worse about the We're Toronto warm, Raptors this year. But you go first. What? what? Okay. You know what? Actually, I'm going to go first. Screw it. Um, What on earth do you have to feel positive about the Toronto Raptors? About they just come off the championship, they trade away their best player, they're playing with house money. This is a team full of guys with whatever they have a team (laughs) full of expiring contracts with a GM that's been on record saying multiple times, I would love to blow up this team. Is Kyle Lowry going to be in shape spread? Is Marcus Gasol going to be in shape coming off a long run at FIBA? Have you been Marcus FIBA? Yeah, he's that's right. It. Yeah, he he's wasting great. reps. He's wasting he reps, great. buddy. No, Those knees are going to be sore. That basketball. back is going to be sore. Oh, he's <laughs> going to feel terrible come the playoffs. And they're going to trade him anyway, or they're going to cut him, or they're going to buy him out. No, come no, on. No. They're going to blow this whole thing up. And even then, I mean, the Eastern Conference is absolutely stunning next year. The Celtics are going to be good. You know, the Bulls actually aren't going to be a complete blowover. I think the Hawks are going to be good. The Hornets are going to be terrible. The Cavs will be terrible. The Nets will be good. The Knicks might not be terrible. The Pistons will be competitive. The Heat, I think, are going to be good. The Magic are going to be good. The Wizards are going to be terrible. But the Bucks, the Pacers, the Sixers, they're all going to be good. Like, theres it's going to be such a competitive conference, and they're going to trade everyone before the trade deadline. Good Lord. How on earth spread could you expect the Toronto Raptors to be any good
1: 17 and 5 new 17 and 5 and you know what that is right I don't even want to know it's their record without Kawhi Leonard when he was load managing last year they're a great team this is the Spurs <sighs> East they have a system. They make players good. They develop their draft picks. You know what? The Spurs don't draft better than other teams. They don't see talent better than other teams. They make the players better through their system. That's It's drafting. It's, it, I, the older I get, the more I realize with the franchise that you go to matters so much for your development, especially as an NBA player. And, and they know how to develop young players. They get them to play their role. Um, Pascal Siakam should stack up. Fred Van Fleet. You know how can we not be excited about him? You get O.G. Nobi coming back. I mean, this is a solid squad full of role players. And what what is my over under at now? They basically just have to be a little over 500, right? It's in there 46 at 46 and a half. 46, because people are probably you know listening to me and going, "Boy, we got to get some money on this," because I think that's gone up since the last time we talked about this. But no, I think that they're going to do fine. Are they a title contender? Like when we talked about the Rockets earlier? No, don't you, you don't don't get. Don't take rocket. I mean Raptors to get to win the championship. Don't take Raptors to win the East. But yes, take them to go over. They're going to be a solid squad. Traveling to Canada sucks. You have customs, which is always annoying for every team that has to come in. It gives them an extra hour or two at the airport. Get in there even later that night. Uh, it's a big party city, as Joel Embiid will attest to. You know, so they're going to get <sighs> in late. They're going to have shot. a great time. <laughs> and so, I mean, if you think about it, I, I mean, it's thirty and twelve at home? going against you know majority of east teams is that is that that crazy it is it's absolutely and it, insane now i only need it's to get absolutely now I need insane. To get 16 games on the road and i'm and i'm living in overtown
0: spread who's the best player in the raptors
1: what is? It? Oh, who's the best player?
0: Who's Pascal the best Siakam. player in the Raptors? Pascal, oh, so Siakam. Pascal Siakam is going to lead a team in a, a relatively good, if not great, Eastern Conference. No, Marcus. All is. I'm sorry.
1: Marcus Marcus
0: Saul is. Saul. Well, okay, all right. I have. I honestly haven't googled this. Give me a guess. How Who do you old, think is better? How old is, is Marcus? All that's my point spread. They don't have a good player. Marcus Soul is 34 <laughs> years old. What do you Come mean, on, He's dude.
1: leading Spain over there right now. He's like the best player on the floor in international competition.
0: An international competition. I'm talking about yes, the NBA. How I'm, the talking NBA about, I'm talking about I'm talking about having to play the Milwaukee Bucks four times a year. I'm going to talk about how to play the Sixers four yeah, times a year. They, the Celtics four up times well a year. The Bucks. And, oh and Honestly, God. watching
1: international co- competition is kind right, 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 of all right. That's, enough, enough, that's that enough. That's enough. That's enough.
0: That's enough. We're going to spend so much time talking about this over the next few weeks. Uh, this this You're one You're yeah. so wrong about this. I have multiple this units. This might have to be a whole podcast. I have podcast. multiple units on the under Raptors 45 and a half. I even actually sold down a game folks to plus money. Well. Um This
1: might even be a segment then if we do if we go weekly, you know the There's going to be a um, Raptors, Raptors update checked. segment. Yeah, I think, I think that that's unavoidable. And, but and, uh, unless it just gets to be one person lording over the other. going to trade so everybody. Obvious, They're going to cut everybody. No. Kyle Lowry's
0: eating fast food, I'm sure They're going to draft well Kyle Lowry. Is at if McDonald's if right now like he's in Big San Antonio. Mac. Yeah, whatever. There's three things that we can blah, count on for
1: consistency, and that's uh, a Carolina enough.
0: Pliskova, the San Antonio's Spurs, and the Toronto Raptors. That's enough. That's enough. I'm calling it. Ding <laughs> ding. I got a WTA reference in there. Ding, 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 ding. We're done. We're done. And they're not
1: Christina Pliskova. They're Carolina Pliskova. All right, I'm going to skip to
0: question seven because I want to talk about your favorite team first.
1: All right, we're going to do that.
0: What do you think? Are the Kings going to make the playoffs? What do you think? Spread. We're going to go with you first here because okay, it's your so favorite team. The Come on, one, pour it this on. Is actually the,
1: this is actually the one that I think I have like the least uh, conviction about my idea because, you know, as you talked about with Philly, the emotion does get involved a tad. You sound like you're a little more attached to the Sixers. I think the Kings have <sighs> broken my heart too many times. So maybe uh, I don't get uh, oh as excited. This is you so not. passive-aggressive. I'm not being passive aggressive. I really don't know what to expect. This is one that I actually want to know your answer. If I have to make an answer, I would say yes. You know, like I want to say yes, but then you look at who's competing for these spots. Like who's bad in the West? Phoenix.
0: I mean, I even Dallas
1: is solid. I think so, you're... go ahead. I would just say you look at that last that's that last spot and who's going to be competing for it. It's going to be, you know. The Pelicans, who look pretty good. The Mavericks. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tough teams down there. So, uh, But I think the Fox and Bagley is going to continue to do well. I know I keep mentioning international competition, but uh, Bagley was killing it. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't bring him up to the roster, and so was Fox. So uh, everything that we got for his reports on how well he's doing, expect Bagley to make a big jump this year, and if Fox continues his development, I'll say yes, they do make the playoffs, but I'm definitely not putting money on it. Well, what do you think the odds are? Don't look.
0: Tell me. What would plus one forty five? Plus one forty five to make the playoffs? Yeah. Spread. I'm looking at Bovada right now. They're three to one. They're plus three hundred. Plus three hundred. Right,
1: I'll put money on it. At three to one, you have to. You'd so agree the, with me on that, right?
0: They're a perfect example of one of my favorite concepts in the NBA: a regular season team versus a playoff team. This is an amazing regular season team. Young yep. Aaron Fox, young Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes trying to prove he deserves a contract, young Marvin Bagley, Dwayne Dedman trying to try hard and hold on to his absolute last little bit of basketball. Boyd was incredible signing. Ariza's going to be good on this team. Belica, I'm so mad he didn't want to play for the Sixers. He's a great player. Harry Giles, you know, at one point was going to be the number one or number two pick in the draft. Who knows what he fills out. Corey Joseph... You know, one of the most solid players in the history of the Raptors, Yogi Farrell, solid. Rashawn Holmes, one of my favorite former Sixers. I love Rashawn Holmes. This team is going to be able to roll out 9, 10, 11 good basketball players every night that know what they're doing. Um, you know, I'm curious to see w- whether they can keep it together, whether they can play the right style of basketball, but I'm super optimistic about this team. This looks like a roster to me that's going to really take advantage of Clippers' load management nights, Lakers' load management nights. You Know The Warriors maybe not playing the best defense one night. I think that you're right. I think that the West is tough. I think that the league is pretty tough. But this is a team with a ton of talent and a ton of depth. This is, to me, like your classic successful regular season team. And I think at 3-1 to one to make the playoffs, I'm going to look around to see if I can get a little better number. But I'd love that 3-1. to one.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I changed I change my mind. I'm betting Kings to make the playoffs. That's just fantastic. That's three why I to one. What the number was. It should be plus 150, plus 160. I mean... Like you said, they just take a couple steps up with Bagley. Giles, they love Giles around here. And um, when Giles and Bagley played together last year, they had great uh, numbers. But we had to take that for a grain of salt because a lot of times they did that would be like the beginning of the fourth quarter against the second stringers. So, the, you know, had to take those numbers with a grain of salt when they were doing so well on their plus-minus. Um, but the plus plus-minus with Biles and uh Giles and Bagley on the floor together last year was fantastic. So, I mean, I can't wait to see more of that combo. All
0: right, let's take a break and try to pick out the eight teams that are going to win. The, make the playoffs next year. Right. And, and I don't really want to pick the eight, but let's try to figure out how many teams are kind of locks and then see how many spots have left. So There's like one. There's like I think, seven locks. So I'm going to keep listing the locks, and you tell me to stop when you, when you feel a disagreement. I think the Nuggets are a lock. I think the Rockets yep. are a lock. I yep. think the Jazz are a lock. I think the yep. Lakers are a lock. I think the Clippers are a lock. I've got five teams right now. I'm just looking at the list one more time. I feel like I missed one. Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. All right, so I've got five teams right now. I actually think that the Blazers are in pretty good shape. I don't know if they're a lock. Are How they, the they were in the Western
1: or? Conference Finals last year.
0: I don't know. I didn't like the trade that they make. I don't like the addition of Hassan Whiteside. I think that they're very good. I think they're definitely a discussion. I think they're definitely a favorite to make the playoffs, but I don't think oh, that them a lock.
1: Okay, yeah. To me, Blazers are a lock, and I almost want to say that the Spurs are a lock, too. I actually kind of I mean, think
0: the Spurs are a lock, too, so I'm with you on that. All right, so let's say so Spurs are a lock. So now we have one spot for that's, everyone else. That's six teams. We'll take that's the Trail seven, Blazers to seven. It? Right, we'll take the Trail Blazers to seven, so we've got yeah. one spot for the, the Kings, Thunder, the Kings. Thunder, the Timberwolves and the Pelicans and the Mavericks. Yeah. I think the Kings have just as good of a shot as any one of those teams. I like them actually better. And I think maybe this is something we'll, we'll get into You're and we'll right. get into I mean, our previews, but that three-to-one number, that's going to require some more research. No, I
1: mean, I'm betting right now. Thanks for letting me know. I didn't <laughs> know it was that high. I, I just Unbelievable. That's cool.
0: All right, well, in the absolute opposite version of the world, let's see what the 76ers' odds are to make the playoffs, because I'm sure it's a hilarious number. In fact, I know it's a hilarious number. What do you think the Sixers' odds to make the playoffs are, spread? Minus 1,800. Minus 5,000. Oh, wow. And I agree with that. I could not be more excited for a Sixers season. I think that the Sixers, you know, similar, you know, last year were one of the most interesting rosters in the NBA. I think all they did was get more interesting. I think that the regular season is going to continue to be a struggle for this team. I think that, you know, load management on Embiid, load management on Al Horford, I don't expect him to play play a lot, but I'm curious to see, you know. So Ben Simmons, we'll just get to that real quick. I don't ever expect Ben Simmons to shoot a jump shot. If he ever at any point during his life ever considers the idea, learns it, that's all gravy. When I discuss Ben Simmons, I'm talking about a guy who's really good at bringing the ball up the floor on a fast break, who's an incredible athlete, who's an unbelievable finisher at the rim, I think is one of the 15 best post-up players in the league and is generally otherwise not so useful on offense. Incredible defender, but... When I look at this roster, you get Simmons, Richardson, who I think Richardson is one of the most underrated players in the league. I love him. He's big. He's fast. He's smart. He plays really good defense. Um, you know, in Miami last year, they challenged him in a lot of ways. He was the true point guard for a while. He was a shooting guard for a while. I think he knows how to do it all. Tobias Harris is incredibly versatile, and I think is going to um, really enjoy a, an off season of doing some work with these guys. You get Horford. You get a bead. I mean, that's I can't think of a, a better. You know, an absolutely 100% better five players in the playoffs. So, you know, am I nuts here? Is my Philadelphia fandom, is this too much spread or is this, you know, a true top contender to win the title?
1: No, you know what? I was during the offseason when all these moves were happening, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the Harris move. I understand it, but uh, I always find it tough to give Not the you know, max. max money. Not yeah. the max. Not the max. So, but then Not they the picked max. up one of my favorites, which was Al Horford. And he just does everything to help the team win. You know the stuff that doesn't show up. He's so good on defensive rotations, uh, sets great screens, hits open jumpers to space the floor for the other guys. Um, and and it's he's just not a on another player. team.
0: He's not yeah. on another team to stop beat. I-, I-, I like that a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's another fantastic aspect. Just you know, take away the toughest guy. Then you we know what the toughest matchup you guys had. So um, yeah, I'm big on Philly. I, I'm. They definitely are a, you know, right up there with the Milwaukee Bucks to have a chance to win the Eastern Conference.
0: I love their chances. So their title odds. Let me pull those up. I know that they're not particularly good to win the Atlantic Division. They're minus one sixty-five. Don't bet that. That's a dumb idea. I think the regular season might actually be kind of tough for them um, to win the East. They're two point four to one or plus two forty, if you will. Um, to win the title, I'm seeing the Sixers at eight and a half to one. I'm not going to be betting any of that.
1: Yeah, um, and one last thing for on the Sixers, unless you have more, um, I've the thing that worries me about uh, their season this year. I mean, it's all going to come down to Embiid. Um, it is, and I don't think he's actually
0: going to play that much in the regular season. I hope that he's in great shape, but I hope that um, Brett Brown, who I have ripped. Over and over and over again in our chats and in our conversations, I think he, I hope he finally understands that he needs to keep in beads minutes per game in the regular season at, you know, the 25 to 28 range. If he is playing 30 or above minutes per game in the regular season, they are not going to win the championship. All yeah. Right.
1: So I, we just need him to be healthy and motivated and eating right. Let's uh, talk about training camp gems. Let's see his weight going into camp. Be, I mean, not that being in shape matters but that extra wear on your tear on your body getting in shape that late in the year is tough
0: all right spread what do you think about the Celtics you know your question here was are they regressing which I thought was an interesting question and I'll actually start there first you know you think about the Celtic season last year it's actually hard for them to regress from that it was a really disappointing season they were well, I think one of the favorites to win the East going into the season last year. Maybe not a favorite to win the title, but certainly thought to be a dark horse and be competitive. Um, I'm actually optimistic about the Celtics. I think not having Kyrie Irving is going to help a lot. I think getting a crazy person out of your locker room is a good idea. And you replace him with Kemba Walker, who is not as talented but is much more hardworking, a much better locker room guy. I think you can fill some of what Kyrie Irving does with a fully healthy Gordon Hayward. I'm really excited about Gordon Hayward this year. I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to be playing good basketball. And again, it's another year with a deep roster. Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Enos Cantor, Jalen Browns, Ola J, Daniel Theus is very good. Um, I don't know who Carson Edwards is. I bet that's who he drafted. Sounds great. Uh, but another deep team. They still have Brad Stevens, who is incredible. I think this team is not a championship contender. You know, again, not in my five. But I think this is going to be a very interesting and fun regular season team. How about you?
1: Well, from the time I wrote this to to prep to now, I'm kind of changing my opinion. This was set up to be another one of my hot takes. I was really liking Boston. I thought that, you know, Kemba Walker was not a downgrade at all from Kyrie. And, you know, Horford was loss was the only one that I was worried about. But that the locker room intangibles and things of that nature that Kemba would bring would make up for the, you know, the loss of Horford. But watching uh, Kemba here, here was his chance to shine. It was almost like the same type of role he's going to be expected to assume in the FIBA, you know, with a lot of the same players, even Jalen Brown. I know Jason Tatum missed the game in which they eliminated, but... um, he did not look like the guy that I was purporting to be. And, you know, we kind of argued before because I know that I have been high on Kemba and you had been telling me, no, he's not that good. He's a second-tier star. He's not in the, you know, top-tier superstars. And I was saying, yes, he is. Well, um, you know, hopefully this is, you know, he may have troubles with the time zone or the food over there and he gets back to himself. But the performance he put up here in the FIBA Cup would definitely support your, um, your assertions of Kemba Walker and kind of made me back off... Um, my hot Boston takes and I'm, I'm glad I haven't placed a bet yet because I'm definitely reconsidering um, how I feel about the Boston Celtics. Let
0: me see what their regular season over is. I think, again, this is another team that's going to be it's very good right around in 45, the regular 46? Season. 49 and a half, I'm seeing above on I'm, I'm going to look for a better number. I'm going to stay away from that. But again, okay. I think they have enough talent to be good in the regular season to actually probably fight for that third seed in, in the East, um, you know, position that I think is very wide open, but you know, when it gets to the playoffs, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to match up to Philadelphia. I think it's going to be tough for them to match up to Milwaukee. And I think if they do somehow make the fi- make the finals, they're looking at Lakers and Clippers teams that are going to be just, you know, overwhelming matchups from a talent perspective. But it's Danny Ainge. Maybe he could figure out a trade. Maybe there's somebody else out there. But I like the flexibility. And, you know, again, Brad Stevens is great. They've got enough players. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, Brad Stevens is going to be the key here because now he gets more of the team that he likes, you know, the team that everyone will buy in. And, um, you know, I know he had problems dealing with Kyrie and getting him to kind of buy into the team concept that they had executed so so uh, crisply the season before. So with a, a more dedicated group of guys and without uh, Kyrie causing problems, and you know, I know that Kemba will definitely bring a good attitude. Not definitely, but I would assume that he's going to bring a good attitude. And... Um, yeah, they got a good chance. I'll tell you what, I was all over that that over, but I'm I'm going to I got to reassess. So fortunately, we got some time before the season starts.
0: All right, spread. are you as excited as I am for Jimmy Butler to be in the Miami Heat? What a so perfect player to be in a gritty, nasty kind of organization. It's Pat Riley. They're the <laughs> underdogs. He's going to be the best player on the team again. He's got a bunch of young dudes that, well, maybe not young dudes, but a bunch of guys that are all kind of underdogs. They all have a chip on their shoulder. They're all going to work super hard. I mean, you know, let's start with the biggest question. What are the odds that Jimmy Butler and James Johnson try to fight somebody at some point during the regular season? I mean, minus one thousand. <laughs> so, what do you think? What do you think about the Heat? I mean, I like this team. This is a this is a fun team. Goran Dragic is on a contract here. Dion Waiters is Dion Waiters that is looking ripped on his Instagram. Jimmy Butler got a big contract. This is going to be the guy. Justice Winslow, as Point Winslow, was really interesting. Bam Adebayo was just a force of nature when he was finally healthy. Tyler Hero was a great rookie. James Johnson, every three to four years, is incredible. Kelly Olynyk's a big guy that can shoot. Myers Leonard's another big guy that can shoot. I mean, this is an athletic team that might be able to spread the floor, have ball handlers in a lot of positions. I mean,
1: what's not to like about the Miami Heat spread? You know, and if you were going to do... Uh, just for fan's perspective or for entertainment perspective, what team should Jimmy Butler go to? I mean, isn't Miami Heat just fit the bill perfectly? I mean, we just had such a great off offseason. Um, I thought like that was such that, a
0: pleasant surprise. I had no expectation yeah. would go there. I was like, he's going to be on the Heat? That's wonderful. And he's actually going to make Let's them do good that. Cause if
1: you've watched, like you said, they've always been grinders. They're solid. They, they fundamentally they do things right. I remember when Spolstra was originally the coach of the Heat, I was thinking, this guy. I can't believe this guy just lucked into coaching, you know, at that point, you know, the greatest assemblage of talent, at least through free agency and not through drafting, um, you know, in the history of the NBA. You know, And he just sits there gets to coach it. But since they've all left, he's really shown his chops as a coach, and I consider him to be a top-10 coach in the NBA. He gets these guys to buy in. They do the things fundamentally right. They seem to feed the ball uh, to the hot hand. Usually Dion Waiters thinks that he's a hot hand, so that's going to be interesting to see how uh, him and Jimmy Butler interact. Let me give you a fun fact about uh, – Dion Waiters, and tell me if you knew this. You know when he was in college, he had his teammates call him Kobe Wade. That's how much (laughs) self-confidence this guy has. All right, spread.
0: (laughs) What do you think the over-under for regular season wins for the Heat are?
1: 43.
0: That's your best guess so far, 43 and a half. I think well, I like that over. I think there's a lot of scenarios where there's some injuries and locker room strife and some trades during the middle of, regular, middle of the regular season when maybe the, and you know, they realize they've got a non-championship team with a lot of big salaries. But if this team keeps it together all year, this is going to be an awful team to have to play every night. I mean <laughs> – so much defense, so much physicality. Uh, is right. super smart. Jimmy so Butler making hangover. shots that he should never, ever, ever shoot. Uh, I'm gonna give you a second to talk about the Miami home court advantage. And I love that, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna talk myself into this over 43 and a half. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wait just a little bit. But yeah, we go got for some it.
1: time. That's the fun thing. No, I was just trying to make a joke about it. Miami's out there with Toronto and tough, tough places to, to go. You gotta have and, the Miami and, and home court advantage, successful. and it seems like the NBA falls prey to it more. You know, the NFL. Got Guys seem to be able to keep their guys in the hotel, or they must do better bed checks or something. But, um, yeah, the NBA guys go there, and boy, I do not think that they sleep. All right,
0: spread. We set the table here a little bit for our last question. Yeah, the New Orleans Pelicans spread, and we'll go back through our list. Let me just pull up the standings here so I can just go back through our list. I think we came up with six teams that were locks, and then both kind of felt good about the Blazers. But again, our locks for the playoffs, as far as we're concerned, Nuggets. Rockets, Jazz, Spurs, Clippers, Lakers is our sixth. We the, like Blazers like the Blazers are a lot. I'm not on the Blazers as a lot. I know yeah, you're I know there. All about us, But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, we said we like the, the, the Kings maybe to take that last spot. What about the Pelicans? Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, who I always believe is one of the more underrated players in the league. Brandon Ingram, who might be good. Um, who knows <laughs> we'll see zion williamson everyone loves zion he's blown out of shoes yeah. Derek favors he's a he's a basketball player um jj reddick he he's makes solid. a lot of shots jackson hughes he's hayes jj reddick a great jackson pickup. Hayes. he's very tall Etwan moore all right good this is going to be fun you go first are the pelicans going to make the playoffs and actually even better than that make the case why are the pelicans going to make the playoffs because I, I bet you i'm going the other way
1: No, they're not. I was going to say they're going to make the playoffs in 2021. This is not the year. You've already sold me on the Kings. They got that regular season squad to be able to do it. And it looks like this is what the – Pelicans could develop. One thing I'm worried about is Zion's um, ability to, to hold up for 82 games. He's got a big frame, and he's already kind of had some freak injury issues, but it's also tough on your body uh, nonetheless. So we'll see how he holds up. I want to see if Lonzo is able to play a full season and the continued uh, development of Brandon Ingram because um, that's really going to be the key is, is are those guys going to do well outside of the Lakers? And when we t- I talked earlier, you know, and I, and I was supporting the Raptors, I think this is something um, – you know, that the Lakers might not have been doing as well, even though they seem to draft, you know, great talents. And that's developing players. If you look at when Julius Randle came to the Pelicans last year, he did fantastic under, uh, you know, some different tutelage, been given some space and, and you know, not under that the L.A. system. So uh, look at D'Angelo Russell. He was not very successful in Los Angeles. He goes out to uh, Brooklyn. You know, they have a much better system for him. They play a more modern offense. Um, better coaching, better development, and now all of a sudden he's making $23 million in Golden State. So this could end up being an indictment on the uh, Lakers development system if these two guys show up and and ball out. But, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But if they do – well, this team's going to be fun no matter what. But if they do that, that would be the, the ingredients to the playoff push. And J.J. Redick was a great signing. That's going to give those guys some space. Just want to
0: clap again. This is the second clap of the podcast here. That was an unbelievable shot on the Lakers. Way to go. Way to take the opportunity to really get, to get that in. I really enjoyed that. It's going to take that. me a
1: little while to, to realize it. All I have to do is take shots to the Lakers to get applause. I hope oh, I don't want to all that uh, Pavlovian system when I figure it out.
0: So this is you know a theme I've talked about for a few teams. I just have more questions with this team than I have answers. Is Lonzo Ball anything but a really, really great distributor and defender? You know, is he just a Is shorter... he going to need to be
1: anything it, more than that, though, well, if the rest of these players develop?
0: I think he – of course he does. I mean, come on. What's the difference between Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons? They can't shoot. Lonzo's shorter, and he can't post anybody up, and he's not nearly as good on, on the fast break. So if Ben okay, Simmons so if Lonzo isn't great, develops uh, why could you say anything Rubio, nice about Are, are, you, are you satisfied? Ew. No. What a waste. But
1: Ricky Robio's assault. But you don't watch these international. You games. can't win
0: any championships Ricky with Ricky Rubio. Solid. You're not winning a championship with Ricky Rubio. You're not winning a championship with the Ball. Point at that there. Point. Drew Holiday's Listen. great. I love Drew Holiday's game. But you know what? Let me ask you a question. Spread. Yeah. There's five seconds left on the clock. The final possession. They're down by one. Who gets the ball?
1: Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday for sure. How
0: you feel about that? I love Drew Holiday. I don't feel great about that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you got a good point there.
0: I mean, I love Brandon Ingram. I think he could be really, really great, but his heart doesn't work right.
1: Yeah, that's Come always on. A, that's, that's a problem. Issue.
0: I love Zion Williamson, but when's the last time a really big, bulky basketball player was able to survive more than four to five seasons? I mean, doesn't this seem like Charles Griffin Barkley? Again?
1: And he's on TNT.
0: I mean, that was in the '80s, back when everyone was yeah. out of shape. I mean. <laughs> this, this, I love Zion. He's really great. He's fun to watch. But this just feels like Blake Griffin all over again. I mean, and if we're lucky, Blake Griffin
1: turned into a solid player.
0: Well, right, but is Zion Wilson as good as Blake to make Griffin? Our
1: top ten. 10- questions but
0: is, is Blake Griffin? I think Blake Griffin's better. He I think does Zion's more. got
1: way more, no. way more potential.
0: He doesn't see the floor like Blake, Blake Griffin does. I don't think he's as smart of a basketball player. I actually, uh, and we'll talk about we'll this when we get to when we get to the be, Pistons part about Blake Griffin and his ability to play. But
1: one is we could do a Zion one too because I'm pro Zion.
0: Ugh. All right.
1: Why, now, what do you have? What's the problem with Derek Favors? He's just a solid post up guy. He's okay but defensively, like, oh. but he sucks on the perimeter.
0: I just keep looking at all the stuff, and, and we'll get to JJ Reddick and I think we'll finish here. All right. I love JJ Redick. JJ Reddick is great. You should. I would Especially love how you JJ Your own
1: game earlier. I
0: would love for JJ Reddick to be on JJ my basketball team. Like your
1: soul animal.
0: I don't want JJ Reddick playing any minutes in the playoffs on my basketball team.
1: Why is that? Just because he's. So I watched him play in the
0: playoffs for two years. He is a cone on defense. And on offense, yeah. he's easy to shut down. When you're ready and you've had weeks to study and you get to look and you go, oh, wait, and be setting the screen here for for Reddick. He's going over here. He doesn't do well. Look at, pull up his playoff numbers. They're not. His attempts go way down. His usage goes way down. Uh, it's He doesn't provide the same stuff he does from a regular season perspective. And I think that he looked slower last year. I think that he knew that he looked at this team and went, this is a bunch of young guys with low expectations. This will be fun to play on. And I think he's focused on his career after basketball. I think he's focused on making friends with Zion Williamson, who's the next big guy, so he can interview him when he has a podcast or a media show. Yeah, yeah, he has
1: a more popular podcast than us. That's one thing to say.
0: We'll work on that. There's time. We just yeah, we're working on it. (laughs) Okay. All right, spread. Any more thoughts here before we wrap? Uh,
1: No, I just want to say thanks to our NBA or gtfo crew for uh definitely helping us all to learn to be better cappers during the season last year and that should be going on this year so you will be hearing references and probably a lot of information we'll be gleaning from uh our friends in the gtfo community and um boy this is a lot of fun i really can't wait this is gonna this is gonna be great
0: I am excited too, so like I said, we'll still be doing the WTA podcast, don't worry, Uh, but we'll be sure to label them and be clear when we start which one is which, but very excited to talk NBA every week with spread whenever we get a chance. Uh, The guys from NBA or or GTFO, we'll go with that to try to keep it cool with the kids, but uh, this is your warning we'll be reaching out to. We want you guys on here talking about stuff. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun and we're gonna have a lot of interesting topics to talk about. And I think it'll be a good NBA podcast and not even just a gambling podcast. but you know, let us know what you want. You know you guys are our listeners, we love you. We appreciate all your impact and your reviews. So reach out to us at networthpod on Twitter, shoot us a DM. Let us know what you think. You know what do you want from an NBA podcast? What do you like from NBA podcast? What don't you like? We'll do our best to make any accommodations and try to make sure that this is, you know, as fun for you guys as it is for us. So thanks for listening. Yeah, I think
1: we'll be able to do a mailbag more often. On Absolutely. This one. You know, with the WTA, we get kind of caught up in the outrights, but we'll definitely have more time for general discussion on this pod. So uh, good to interact with some of our fans because we always get good questions from them absolutely
0: so please reach out let us know what you'd like to hear and, and, and you know we'll do our best to make it work otherwise i think the next time we go we'll be doing some uh i think we're gonna go division by division come on spread we can yeah, get it done we'll do it we'll go division by it. division we'll go team by team do the wins do the division odds playoffs all sorts of fun stuff some player props but um you know, look forward to those and you know, again we'll have our weekly wta podcast and, and thanks for listening everybody we appreciate it
1: and uh reach out have a great week Good luck in all your wages.